BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carlene Higgins. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Breaking Beauty podcast. I'm Jill Dunn, and I'm here with my co-host, Carlene Higgins. Hey, Carlene. Hello. So it's January, and collective Lasai. Uh, pretty much no matter where you're tuning in from right now, you're probably contending with some type of skin barrier blahs. Okay, maybe not our friends in Australia. I know we have listeners everywhere, but, but most people. <laughs> well, lucky them. But uh, definitely I am feeling like extra parched right now. I feel like it's probably because mm-hmm. I never leave my house. But um, mm-hmm. I think our listeners are going to love today's episode because we have a very special glow down chat featuring one of our most requested topics. And it's all about how to repair your skin barrier. Today's guest is esthetician to the stars, Joanna Vargas. Joanna counts famous faces like Julianne Moore and Rachel Brosnahan among her elite clientele. How much do we love Mrs. Maisel, by the way? So good. <laughs> She also has branded spas in both Midtown Manhattan and the Sunset Tower Hotel in LA. Plus, she has her own eponymous skincare line. She's she's like A-list esthetician all the way. Totally. And literally, when I was staring at her on the screen, Carlene, like I thought she had a Zoom glow filter on or something. Like her skin <laughs> was like yeah. literally beaming at me through my Zoom camera. Like she obviously knows what she's talking about. She looks amazing. And yeah. last year, Joanna became an author. Her first book, Glow From Within, is an expert skincare guide. And of course, she spills secrets about best tips and product recommendations and all of that stuff. But she goes beyond that. And she talks about self-care routines that we often don't connect to our skin, like nutrition, sleep, and stress management, and how those impact our skin's appearance and resiliency as well. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, she's um, so beloved by her A-list clientele that she had a ton of celebrities contribute blurbs to the book. You know, those one-liners that are on the back. And so there's one from Mindy Kaling that says, Joanna Vargas has completely changed my skin. So that's like, that's quite the endorsement. 
love to see it. So in today's episode, we're going to learn the 101 about skin barrier health with takeaway tips that you can use, like cleansing do's and don'ts, the best ingredients to look for on a label for your serum or moisturizer, the holy grail products that she personally recommends to her clients for skin barrier repair. And we also ask her all about the trend that's all over Instagram and Reddit is skincare slugging. Like what is it and do you need to do it? Plus we go deep on exfoliating toners. Like are they actually as villainous as they're made out to be. And for myself personally, I'm always someone who's kind of going back and forth from between like exfoliating toners and then barrier repair. And it's like, I I can't seem to like level out. So I ask her all about that. And I think this is really great timing because not only is it the dead of winter, but this is like a huge trend, if you will, that we're seeing Mm -hmm. in the industry talking about skin barrier health. And so before we get into our chat with Joanna, I do want to kick it off with a surprise It's a mini damn goods review in partnership with one of today's show partners, Strivectin. That's right. We're talking about the brand new Strivectin Wrinkle Recode Moisture Rich Barrier Cream. It's 119 US dollars, 129 in Canada, and you can find it on the Strivectin website as well as retailers like Ulta and Shoppers Drug Mart. And of course, I feel like most of you will probably know Strivectin. I remember it exploded onto the scene back in my early beauty editor days, and mm-hmm. they came out with that Strivectin SD, which was a stretch mark cream, but women all around the world were putting it on their faces because they realized that it helped with wrinkles. That's right. It like became the best-selling wrinkle cream even in France where they were like really well known at the time. Like they would not do that. No. (laughs) Mon Dieu. So I know their neck cream is supposedly a hot seller as well. And their whole thing is they have this proprietary science. It's called Naya 114. So you often see that on the label. You've probably been like, what is that? So you guys have heard of niacinamide. They use this optimized form of niacin, aka vitamin B3, in every single one of their products. And they do that because they say it's backed by over 30 years of research, 30 independent clinical studies, and 90 global patents. And why? Because they say it's clinically proven to strengthen and thicken that skin barrier. So it's like filling in all those cracks, if you will, improving the performance of all the ingredients that you might be using to like reduce wrinkles or whatever it is that you're targeting. So that's in like all their products across the board. Amazing. So tell us about the Wrinkle Recode Rich Cream, Carlene, because I know you've been using it since before the holidays. So mm-hmm. what's what's it all about and what have you been noticing? Okay, so it's a rich cream. It comes in a small tub with one of those little scoops. It's like a pretty pale pink color when you open it. Um, It's lightly scented and it it almost looks like a beautiful like frosting that you're going to put on a cupcake. Totally. And so when you apply it, it it starts out almost like a light butter. So I kind of would like use the scoop, put a little bit on my hand. And what I found surprising though, when I actually put it on is that it almost felt like a little bit cooling, which I wasn't expecting. Mm. And I think the biggest thing that a lot of people are going to like about it is that it was not greasy at all. So I think that's the challenge with some of those skin barrier creams out there is that, you know, when you want something that's actually going to be almost like a physical barrier, if you're out skiing or like running in the winter, it can be kind of greasy, right? Because it's just like so thick. And this is not occlusive at all. So what about over time? Like, what have you noticed about your skin? Yeah. So this formula has been designed to address key signs of a compromised skin barrier. So we're going to go deep on that in today's episode, but we're talking about like fine lines, wrinkles, like redness, dullness. 
And I will say that I suspect, and again, I don't have like a scientific, you know, monitor at home, but Mm -hmm. I do detect that my skin is becoming less red and just generally upset looking. And that's really important to me these days. That's like my biggest, that's what I'm looking for is just like comfort. Oh, totally. And the before and afters that they had were pretty crazy. Like mm-hmm. I noticed that they had results from women who even with like the marionette lines around your mouth that they were totally minimized and reduced. So that's pretty convincing to want to yeah. give this a try, right? And I know that we asked the brand about how it really works on like a biology level. And they said the secret is all about this one to one to one biomimetic lipid ratio, they call it. And that's a fancy scientific term that basically means they have a very specific ratio of ceramides, love those, fatty acids, and cholesterol in the formula. Those are all essential lipids that help to strengthen the skin's barrier and that they can actually absorb because they mimic the molecular weight in skin. So that probably accounts for that like fast absorption that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And I also have to give a shout out to one of my favorite ingredients. You guys have heard me talk about this before on the show. It's calendula. And that's in the formula as well. And I personally have noticed this is like a common thread in a lot of the products that I've used in the past in the winter that tend to have like a soothing effect, calming that redness. They tend to always have calendula in it. So I love that as well. Okay, good tip. And I think we're going to see a lot more products like this that say skin barrier right on the label in 2021. Because like I said, even though this condition isn't new, so many more people are aware now, but they're still kind of confused. They're like, do I have dry skin? Do I have damaged, you know, skin barrier? And that's also, of course, why we have Joanna with us today. So let's get into our chat. Yeah. And a friendly reminder that the product we just talked about, plus any products that Joanna personally mentions that are her faves, they're going to be listed over on our blog. So we've listed them all for you there at Breaking Beauty Podcast. So without further ado, welcome, Joanna. Let's start with the basics. What exactly is your skin's moisture barrier and why is it there? What does it do? Well, I mean, I think, you know, we talk so much in the beauty industry about like wrinkles and Botox and things like that. We forget that the skin actually has a function. And its function is to be a barrier between us and the environment. So the skin's moisture barrier is the outermost layer of your skin. It helps protect the body. Um, It helps retain water and moisture. Um, It defends against like, you know, bacteria in the environment, environmental stressors, and you know, it prevents things from penetrating into the skin so that we don't have a reaction. So it has like a, a very important function for us. It's the fundamental of what the skin does. And we talk about it at the least, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the most important part about our skin because it makes us look plump and juicy and healthy and soft when it's healthy. And so, yeah, it's something that's very important, no matter what kind of skin type you have and no matter your age. Okay. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Like, are there certain types, skin types or skin ages that are more prone to having a damaged skin barrier? Mostly I'm talking about like the skin on your face. Well, I mean, I think for example, like winter is a time of year where I think a lot of people experience 
um, to some degree, um, some irritation due to the loss of moisture in the environment. And therefore your skin gets like a little bit patchy. Maybe if you are out during the day for a long period of time, you'll have like redness on your face. But typically, you know, there's obviously people that have um, just in their DNA, some skin sensitivity, you know, some psoriasis or eczema that's, that has a genetic component, you know, and then there's like the people who have poor digestion, they might have some patchiness and redness and, and, um, some irritation, but it doesn't, it can happen. Even if you have oily skin, it really depends on what you're using on your your skin, what your habits are in terms of your skin. Those really affect it a great deal. And so how do you tell the difference between an impaired skin barrier versus, you know, windburn or eczema or psoriasis? How do you know if your skin barrier has been disrupted? Well, you know, the skin has a tendency to to show sensitivity in patches. So I'm sure everybody can remember a time when they've had like a dry patch on their face. And maybe the rest of the skin feels okay. Or maybe you have... Uh, my son has that right now. So I'm listening with the keenest ear. <laughs> <laughs> How old is your son? He's uh, he's six. And he's got Aww. a dry patch right beside his cheek that he's had for about six weeks. And it just so, it's getting drier and redder. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, continue. My boy, who is now 15, um, had that as a younger person also, you know, it happens easier because they play outside a lot and that really dries you out. You know, uh, rosacea, redness, itchiness, itchy mm-hmm. skin. I'm sure a lot of people have itchy scalp during the winter. All of that stuff is a sign that your your skin barrier is malfunctioning, so to speak, and it needs some soothing and comfort and some rehydration. Eczema and psoriasis are more extreme versions of it. Um, which also occur in patches on the skin. Um, But there are a lot of, you know, that you would have to kind of consult a doctor to really determine if it was something that was in your genetic makeup or if it was something caused by something topical or something in your diet, Mm -hmm. like an allergy of some kind. Right. Right. Because I feel like that's with, um, with eczema, it's almost like immunity related or it's like almost like an immune response rather than it, it can be absolutely and it can also just mean that you're eating something that you can't digest properly mm-hmm. and so your your body's having a little bit of trouble there are a lot of different causes for it mm-hmm. um which is why you know you can also have a, a yeast overgrowth in your gut but that would all be things that if i suspected that if you came in for a facial and it looked like that to me i would just send you to a doctor i'm not a doctor so i don't right mm-hmm. I try to stay in my lane. (laughs) Fair. Fair. We respect that. And so how does the skin barrier become damaged or compromised? What are some of the main, you know, factors? You know, a a very common factor would be over exfoliation. I remember when I first became an esthetician in the late 90s, it was like the fashion to have glycolic acid in every single step of your routine. You know how like in the beauty industry, like ingredients become like the thing Mm -hmm. and you want to put it on in every step. So like I had clients that were using a glycolic wash, a glycolic toner, a glycolic serum and moisturizer. 
and everybody's skin was like flaky and red and sensitized. And it was very hard to give facials to those people, but also sun damage can cause it, you know, uh, prescription acne medications and, and prescription retinol formulas can cause it. I've seen people use essential oils, pure essential oils on their face and they get, um, compromised. Even if you, if you wash your face in the shower, shower water is way too hot for your face. Um, that could cause it, um, chemical peels flying too much back in the, in the before time when we used to travel places, (laughs) um, even air conditioning can cause it. So Mm -hmm. like lots of different causes. Um, but usually I would say the number one offender is over exfoliation or over, you know, a client being over eager in the chemical peel Mm -hmm. type department, that sort of stuff. Now, I, I have a follow-up question, if you don't mind, about Please. the prescription retinol, because, you know, I my skin does get extremely dry when I use it, and uh, and it starts to become red, and I feel like that's expected. You kind of expect this dryness. So what is the difference between dryness and a compromised skin barrier? Is there one? Well, sure. I mean, dryness is the beginning of it, right? You don't you don't want your skin to be overly dry because that that is compromising. It's going to lead to, you know, crepiness, which will lead to kind of like the, the, the compromising factors. Like your, your skin won't be, be able to take as much stress from the environment as the result of that overly dry situation you're creating. I don't have a lot of clients anymore that use prescription retinol because there are so many great over-the-counter formulas that don't do that. So I, I feel like that's, you know, I've been an esthetician for over 20 years, so that's changed a great deal, at least in New York. But I think, you know, the difference between having, you know, when you like right now I'm extremely dry and my skin feels a little bit tight, but it's not red and it's not flaky or itchy. When it starts to become itchy in certain spots, that's when you know you've crossed over into a compromised moisture barrier and that, and, you know, you really shouldn't wait until, uh, Mm. that point to start treating it. If you, this dry tight feeling, I'm going to have to handle that today. So it doesn't continue Mm. to get worse. Can I just say, because people can't see you, you do not look dry at all. No. You have, like the dewiest skin. She's so glowing. We she need is to glowing. find out what's on your face maybe a, a little later. <laughs> we'll save that Thank till the you. end. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> I, have a, I do have another follow-up because this is where we're getting very nerdy now, but this is what we do. No, lay it on me. I'm like a huge nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so you did mention about, you know, big no-no washing your face in the shower. I think there's people listening right now and go, pardon me, like what? Did I hear that? That was a good nugget. So let's talk a little bit about that and maybe what you would recommend in, in, instead of that. So I'll preface my, my remarks by saying that as an esthetician, I think one of the things that makes me really successful is I try not to make skincare complicated for people. So like if you were my client, I'm going to, I'm going to analyze your life, so to speak. And we'll decide how many steps you're willing to do within that. Like, I'm not like, okay, in order to have amazing skin, you need 20 steps and here's what we're going to do because I don't think people do it. Right. But there are certain things that I think are, are sort of a non-negotiable, um, wearing sunscreen is one 
and not washing your face in the shower is another one. You wash your yourself in the shower, you're using way too hot water. Um, it feels so good on the body and it relaxes your muscles, but it it dries out the skin horribly. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if you have noticed for winter getting out of the shower once you dry, towel dry your skin, you just feel so dry. And it's because you just dehydrated your skin in the shower. So to wash your face in water like that, you're just asking for further dehydration. And everything that we do in skincare is trying to get moisture back into your skin and to keep your face balanced. So it's really important not to do any facial steps in the shower and to, you know, once you get out of the shower or before you get in the shower, wash your face with tepid water. Okay, that's a great tip. And so what would happen to your skin's moisture barrier if you, you know, if you just didn't try to fix it? Can it lead to any other skin challenges? Well, I think, you know, what people don't realize is once that barrier is compromised, you become highly sensitized. So your skin suddenly becomes reactive to all sorts of things in the environment or stress, or you have a glass of wine, that's a stressor. You have wine and cheese and bread, those are stressors in your digestive system, which will reflect in your skin. You're going to be broken out more. You're going to wake up puffier. You're going to have, you know, fine lines all over your face and think you aged uh, suddenly. Those kinds of things only get worse. It doesn't go away if you ignore it. Once your, your moisture layer is kind of compromised, like you kind of have to treat it or it's going to keep on going. So you're going to get itchier and drier and patchier. You know, obviously the extremes are like eczema type patches on the face or more extreme psoriasis uh, type looking patches on the face that you can't cover with makeup or anything. Yeah. And just like accelerated aging it's all fixable. It's not, you know, but you, you can create wrinkles if you, you remain in that state over time. Yeah. You're going to get more wrinkles than you would if you were nice and juicy and moisturized. Yeah. Let's pause for a moment to hear some skincare news from our show partner, Kula. So today's episode is all about barrier protection and Kula just launched a whole new organic skincare collection that supports your skin's natural barrier. Of course, we know how important sunscreen is for barrier health and Kula really is a pioneer in this category. My fave is the award-winning full spectrum sun silk drops, organic face sunscreen SPF 30. These are fan favorite, you guys. They're sheer drops that provide lightweight, broad spectrum SPF 30 protection. And as the name suggests, and I can attest to, they are so silky. Like it feels like you're wearing nothing. So if you've never seen it before, it comes in a pink glass bottle and it has a dropper and you simply dispense a few drops in the palm of your hand and then massage it onto your face and neck. And personally, I think my favorite part about these drops is that they really encourage you to wear SPF year round because they're so easy to incorporate in your routine. You can wear them by themselves or you can add a couple drops blended into your favorite moisturizer or foundation. Just makes it super, super easy. 
So if you want to give your skin what it's really craving, Kula has a special offer just for Breaking Beauty listeners. Check their new Kula organic skincare on Kula.com and they'll even give you 10% off your first order with our code BEAUTY. That's C-O-O-L-A.com and get 10% off your first order with our code BEAUTY. We'll link to that offer on our blog and in our show notes. Now back to today's chat. And so you did talk about chemical exfoliation. So in that regard, we're talking about like, you know, exfoliating toners, as sometimes there's exfoliating cleansers or, peels, you know, microdermal all the peels. Yeah, all peels, the peels. All the peels, all those things. So in your professional opinion, we'd be curious to know if chemical exfoliation will cause the skin barrier to become weak when used long term. Is that true or why or why not? Chemical exfoliation just as like a thing won't necessarily do anything harmful. I mean, there's a lot of chemical exfoliants that I really love, but I think the, the, the key thing here is for someone to know their skin and to not overdo it. You know, in winter, you're only supposed to exfoliate once a week. That's pretty much all anybody's skin can take. So if you're using a cleanser with a chemical exfoliant in it every day, that's going to be challenging for your skin to keep up with. You know, good skin is about balance. You know, it's maintaining balance and your skin likes to live in a happy medium. So if you're exfoliating every day during winter, you're going to create a compromised condition with your skin. So it's not so much like, oh, I hate chemical exfoliants. It's I hate it when people overuse things because they think they're going to get more of something out of it. You know, I'm a huge fan of, of, uh, retinol, but some people need to dial it back like every other night or maybe twice a week or something of that nature. I use my retinol every night, but I'm 50. Perhaps someone younger would do better if they did it, you know, every other or or once a week or something like that. Mm -hmm. Is there a particular acid that's more drying or disruptive than another? Are there some that you prefer? Well, for example, PHA, it's gaining some popularity most recently. It's great because it's less penetrating than other chemical exfoliations. um, Mm -hmm. And therefore, it's less irritating to the skin. So it's great for somebody with a compromised skin barrier or just simply sensitive skin. Mandelic acid is another one that's great for sensitive skin. It's an alpha hydroxy. Uh, derived from almonds, but it promotes collagen production. So it's a bit in the anti-aging realm and moisturizing for the skin. So those two are more appropriate if you have super sensitive skin. Certainly, I would stay away if you feel like your skin is becoming sensitized. I would stay away from physical exfoliation just because it might be too much for the skin to take. Yeah. There's still people out there using the St. Ives scrub, guys. Yikes. That's a a yikes from me, dog. I know that you mentioned exfoliating once a week is probably sufficient for most people. Is that the perfect balance to strike as, as you're sort of talking about balance and our skin wanting to be in balance? Like, how do you keep the all important balance between exfoliation and keeping that barrier aside from just the once a week? Is there any other tips or tricks you might have? Sure. I mean, cutting back on exfoliation to once a week in winter is important and knowing that the environment and the moisture content in the environment affects your skin, good and bad. Using tepid water when you cleanse your skin, Mm -hmm. uh, making sure that you're cleansing 
morning and night is really important. Putting good fats into your diet, like in wintertime, I eat a lot of avocado, Mm -hmm. a lot of olive oil, flaxseed, those kinds of things go into the shake that I have every day because that's hydrating your skin from the inside. You know, that's, mm-hmm. we, we get our life-giving nutrients from food and, you know, focusing on those kinds of things in the diet are really important. And then like mm-hmm. topicals to kind of keep in rotation in winter or when you, anytime you think that your skin is compromised, shea butter, jojoba oil, squalene. I'm really into squalene as an ingredient. That's um, an ingredient derived from olives. That's great for everybody and it's super hydrating. And those things hold moisture in the skin. Ceramides, of course, those kinds of things. Okay. I need to talk to you about this trend of skincare slugging, Joanna. So have you heard of it? Tell us what it is. And do you think it's a do or a don't to fix the skin's barrier? Well, I have heard of it. It's kind of everywhere on Instagram, right? Um, So basically what we're talking about is sealing the skin with a product to prevent water loss and to help repair the skin's barrier. So the two main products that people recommend for slugging would be Vaseline Mm -hmm. and Aquaphor. Even dermatologists recommend it. So you know, I mean, gosh, even in high school, Vaseline was one of my beauty secrets. <laughs> not going to lie. Um, I used it. I went to college in Chicago. I, I had Vaseline on my face and, and lips every day. The thing with Vaseline is that it doesn't put moisture back into your skin. It mm-hmm. just seals the skin off. Mm-hmm. So that in, you know, opposition to Aquaphor, Aquaphor contains humectants like glycerin. So it does put moisture into the skin while creating a barrier. So you don't lose moisture as an esthetician. I typically don't recommend those products to clients. I do have a skincare line that um, was started by a friend of mine. It's called CV skin labs. And it was a product line designed for uh, patients with compromised immune systems uh, compromised skin barriers, health issues that would, you know, create the skin to be out of balance. And she has a skin balm that adds moisture and holds moisture in that I, it's called the CB skin balm and it's a very good product. So that's as an esthetician, that's more my go-to and we sell it at my salon, but, um, and you can get it from like Amazon and all, all the things, but, um, I don't have necessarily a problem with Aquaphor. If you feel like you need it, it's accessible. So why not, why not use it? I think what's more important is to repair your skin, you know? So I'm always going to be on the side of like, just go for it. I'm not a snob about product at all. Yeah. (laughs) I think there are so many women, frankly, who have sworn by Vaseline like all their lives. Totally. totally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, a whole big section of my book is about home remedies, you know, like do it yourself masks and stuff. And that's, you know, to me, it's a part of my culture growing up. My grandma was really into all of that stuff. So like, I'm not, to me, it's very traditional to use things like Vaseline and, and, certain remedies for the skin. Even my husband's mother even uses Vicks Vapor Rub as a thing for her feet because it, again, it's, it seals the skin and it prevents get her getting dry skin in winter and she just loves it. So all of that to me is sort of like culturally 
a part of the way people grew up and, you know, they just happen to work. Yeah. And is there any concern though, for some people like clogging pores when you're trying to create that kind of seal and maybe is there something you'd recommend instead that won't clog the pores, but will still kind of, I feel like you hear barrier cream and I never know if it's like, is that, does that mean it's creating a barrier on your face that's blocking out like wind and aggressors or does it just mean it helps your skin barrier? (laughs) I mean, I guess it could be both. I've always thought of barrier cream as between you and the environment. Yeah. That's typically what a quote unquote day cream, that's the primary function of you know, the old school concept of a day cream is to create a barrier between you and the outside world. But typically, you know, it really, like I would say, go for a ceramide cream if you're worried about um, clogging pores, but just be mindful of what's in that formula around it. Because you can, like, if you break out, um, you could easily find a ceramide cream that has retinol and, you know, you get a two for one, you'd get like that moisture protection and, um, hydration and soothing effect from the ceramide. And then like, you know, the anti breaking out repairing nature of the retinol. So, you know, you, you, you just have to be mindful of what, what else is in the formula to see if it works for you. Yeah. Cause I, you know, someone like me, I have oily skin and I am like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a good girl and I'm just going to repair my barrier. And then like, I'll use these creams and then my skin is, it'll inevitably break out. And then you're in this vicious cycle because it's like, you, totally. you're like, oh my God, well, the only thing that works are these exfoliating things. But I know that ultimately I should just use like CeraVe and like call it a day, you know, but it's hard. Yeah. You do get trapped in this like over exfoliating thing. And even totally. something like, you know, Dermalogica barrier repair, I used to use that, but like, it's just straight silicone out of the like the first yep. five ingredients are silicone. And so it's like, for me, I just see that and I want to run away. I feel like it is a really tricky thing if you have breakout prone skin. It's like you just, in your mind, you know you're supposed to do it, but it's hard to put it into action to get past that hump of like breaking out. Totally. But I think like for you, for example, just in what you're telling me, then I would recommend like, why not use a squalene serum mm-hmm for daytime and then at night use a retinol. So the retinol will control the breaking out. But during Mm -hmm. the day when you're, I mean, like, I guess, I don't know what it's like for you guys, but like I'm going to work every day. So during the day when I'm kind of in and out of um, the elements, you want something on your face that's like holding hydration in your skin and really, and really protecting the skin. So, so the squalene plus a vitamin C perhaps mm-hmm. would be good for you for daytime and then the retinol at night. Just to sum up what we've talked about as we're getting to wrapping it up, just to highlight those ingredients, key ingredients that people out there want to look for on the label for skin barrier health. Um, I would look for squalene. Um, that's one of my favorites. It's derived from olives. It's great for all skin types, all skin tones. It's very hydrating without it feeling like super greasy on the surface of the skin. And that would be like a a key ingredient. I would look for Mm -hmm. niacinamide, which is um, vitamin B3 is awesome. Ceramides. Ceramides have been around in skincare forever and feel really good on the skin. I would say if you're going to go with something ceramide based, make sure that it's um, because it's, it's affected by the air and by light. 
you want to make sure that it's um, packaged properly in sort of an airless container that's also, you know, tinted. Um, shea butter is a great simple ingredient to look for. And then jojoba oil works for everybody. Jojoba oil is most similar to uh, our own sebum. So if we use it on the skin, and again, this works even if you have acne, if you put jojoba oil on the skin, it will help soothe inflammation and, and hold moisture in the skin without clogging your pores. And using jojoba oil will even signal the skin to stop producing so much oil. Okay. That's a really good tip. Um, and what about just facial oils in general? Do you think that those are, are those acting like a Vaseline? Are those acting to just hold everything in or rather than actually moisturizing the skin? Is that how they function? It depends on the oil, but absolutely they help hold moisture in the skin 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them penetrate and, and do both help hold moisture and also give moisture and I absolutely have all of my clients on face oils in winter because it's so dry here. Now, this is going to be the favorite part of the show for so many of our listeners. I know. Let's talk about specific product recommendations based on all of these key ingredients that you love to use for skin barrier health. Um, can you tell us about some of your holy grail favorites that you recommend to your clients or use yourself? At night, I always use a retinol. My retinol of choice is my own supernova serum, but favorite retinols like in the universe. I like Jordan Samuel's skin makes a great retinol serum. Renee Rollo makes a great retinol And plus, I love those two humans a lot. So that's like the (laughs) bonus round. Let's see. Face oils. I really love Alicia Yoon from Peach and Lily makes a really great face oil that I absolutely adore. And if, if I had to be on a deserted island with one product, it would be a face oil and like hers would make the cut. Absolutely. Face oils. I have a squalene oil. The Ordinary has one. Um, that I really like, you know, squalene is a really nice ingredient for me because it works for everybody. And I kind of, I kind of like to live in the what's universal, what are the basics in skincare or what, what nutrition does the skin need in order Mm -hmm. to function properly? Um, My rescue serum has squalene and vitamin C, which I think is a universal. I have a hoba oil in my line, the rejuvenating serum, but I haven't I, I have been known to recommend to clients to buy organic jojoba oil from Amazon and put that uh-huh. on their body because it works so well. It's so hydrating. It penetrates. It doesn't make a mess of your clothing. It's just awesome. That's kind of like a bit old school, but I feel like it is coming back. You know, like it's it's been around. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, I've been a super product junkie pretty much since birth. So I've kind of used everything, at least for a little bit, like even like Elizabeth Arden, this is super old school. They have amazing ceramide products. I used to use those in college. Yeah. Yeah. They're like the OGs. And I was going to ask you what your go-to for a ceramide product would be. Yeah. Elizabeth Arden, they have an amazing ceramide, like kind of oil that's in little, um, those little, yeah, those little pods. pods. Oh my God. So good. (laughs) Yeah. You just feel like a a skin goddess when you use those. (laughs) Mm -hmm. By the way, everybody, I just Googled what Joanna liked from Peach and Lily and it's the Pure Beam Luxe Oil. 
Yes. Yes. Okay. So So just didn't want to leave everybody hanging, Joanna, you know? Yeah. I'm like adding to cart right now. (laughs) (laughs) It is so, you guys, that one is so good. It's insane. Okay. Amazing. Big trend that I have personally noticed on Instagram in the last six months, because everybody's staying indoors a lot more, is people are buying these humidifiers or these like skin like mini skin kind of humidifiers that they're like putting beside their bed at night. Like, do you think that actually helps with skin barrier repair? Like just adding moisture to the air. Absolutely. I (laughs) recommend humidifiers to every single one of my clients who's having trouble, even for like at the beginning of our interview, I, I mentioned even for like an itchy scalp, it goes such a long way. I mean, people, you know, you feel dry because you, you feel the the drop in moisture in, in the environment, you know? And then like, I don't know what it's like for you guys, but in New York, they have the heat pumping so hot in apartments and it's just like, you know, it's so drying for the skin. So if you put a humidifier by your bed and sleep with it, it's going to go such a long way you know, nighttime is your body's time to repair itself. So if you have a humidifier during your repair cycle, you're going to wake up like not puffy. You're not going to have breakouts. You're going to feel like good and juicy and it'll be great. And do you have a fancy one or is yours like a hardware store special or do you go like designer <laughs> humidifier? <laughs> I, I do not have a designer humidifier. I have the <laughs> like, I have like one from when my daughter was a baby. She's oh, eight. Okay. So. Oh, interesting. I thought you were going to go Dyson. I thought you were going to go Dyson on me. Okay. No, dude. I, you know, you know, you got to pick your battles, what you're going to yeah. be designer on. I don't think you need to have a designer humidifier, but that's just me. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's one on Amazon that I know a lot of people like love and they buy a lot. So I'll, I'll try to link to that in our, on our blog where we're going to link to everything that we talked about today. Um, and so finally, before we let you go, I know everybody's a little bit impatient when it comes to like seeing results. So if you are, you know, taking these steps and trying to repair your skin's barrier, like how long would you expect that to take till you're thinking that your skin's a little bit like more in balance? You know, if you're using the right thing, I always tell clients that I feel like your skin is going to just, you're going to feel your skin go, ah, the second you put it on, it'll feel better instantly because when your skin is compromised and you put the wrong thing on, it's going to burn or it's not going to feel right, or you're going to want to wash your face. But I would say like in order to like really repair or see that repair visibly, probably about a week or two if you're doing the right stuff, but you will feel an instant relief of like, oh gosh, it's starting to heal. I feel that. And if you don't feel that, then perhaps you're not using the right thing for your skin. Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. 
Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday. 